everybody and welcome to an exciting episode of words images and worlds with author stephanie kuhn and stephanie kuhn's cat who is yes. just aggressively uh zoom zoom bombing is that the word for it photo bombing I, would be what it is yeah. um just jumping into the zoom so how are you stephanie and may i call you stephanie of course yes and i'm doing very well um yeah just having a relaxing sunday at home with my cat and uh yeah, it's a lot of other furry friends too. So, oh yes, yeah, we we have the three schnauzers here hanging out. So hopefully they don't bark and come through on the recording. But um, yeah, absolutely. And thank you for meeting with me on a Sunday. Thank you for yeah. joining the Zoom space. You and I interacted a year or two ago with a blog post, uh, a written sort of exchange. And so I thought it would be good to have you on and. Uh, synchronous format, talking out loud and Zoom to Zoom. So thanks for engaging with me in that. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's exciting. Do you? So I, I want to ask about authoring and and the move to authoring for young people. Do you mm-hmm. introduce yourself as young adult novelist Stephanie Kuhn? Is that the best way to kind of sum up your work? Yes, so that point? works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Although young adult, I mean, I know so many adults that read young adult that it's like, it's adult, but it's young adult. So I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a, yeah. it's an odd boundary if there really is one. And I don't know if it's audience or content or marketing and all of the above likely. Yeah, I, I love it because there weren't necessarily things called young adult books when I was growing up and, and probably the same for you. You just sort of jumped from like boxcar children to reading uh, Michael Crichton or, right, right. you know, whatever it happened Stephen to King. Be. <laughs> yeah, Stephen King. Um, and so it's nice to have books that sort of fall into that undiscovered country that we've discovered called adolescence. So mm-hmm. Um, so anything that you'd like to share about your journey to authoring in that area? And then we'll talk a little bit about some of the books. I know you're you're a Yowza winner, which is fun to say. Um, Yowza. <laughs> Yowza. <laughs> <laughs> um, my journey to authoring, I, it's interesting because I don't, it was not, you know, like I didn't get an MFA, I didn't go to school to learn how to write or study creative writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been fun to do that, um, but I didn't. I, I, but I did when I was younger. I wrote a lot. I wrote a lot, probably what would be called fan fiction now, but you know there was no way to really share it, so it was like very personal yeah. fan fiction. Or, um, and just loved writing stories, and I also read just voraciously. Um, but never really thought about like writing as a career or something I would pursue mostly because I would think I was too shy to share it with other people. It was just a very scary. So it was was like a journal to me with my writing. Um, And I kind of, at some point as I went like, I don't know, through high school into undergrad, that kind of stopped at some point. I think I was really interested in filmmaking and just other forms of art or creative expression. I played music and I loved that, like getting together with other people and sort of having this spontaneous moment of creation with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just love having creative 
I don't know, endeavors in my life in some form, whatever that may look like. And sometimes they've been more social and, and writing feels less social. But um, then once I had kids and had a family and I went back to school, that writing became the one I could do because it, I didn't have to leave the house. I could just get on my laptop. It didn't really require like a commitment of going somewhere and planning with other people. I could do it on my own when I had the time. And so that became kind of my creative outlet. So I started writing again and really had no, I mean, this was in my thirties. I went back to graduate school. It really had no concept of like writing in terms of publication. Um, but I did end up connecting a lot with people online and like finding, you know, like-minded writers. I did then find an in-person critique group in the, I'm in the, in California in the San Francisco Bay area. So there was a, critique group of, of writers and they were all writing young adult. And I was sort of told you're writing young adults. Um, and a number of them were pursuing publication and, and being published. And so I sort of started to understand how that could be a thing. And, and so then I sort of ended up, you know, finding an agent and then getting my first book published. So that was a little surprised that, um, so I sort of, you know, I was reading a lot of, you know, I want to read a lot of YA too, to sort of understand what is the market, what's out there, what are people writing? And my first book, I sort of felt like, well, this is not what anybody would be interested in reading. So I was a little surprised. Um, it was sort of everything so I was told not to do was like, oh, there was a boy narrator as the protagonist and there's no romance in it. And <laughs> yeah, but um you know, I felt very fortunate to find an agent and then an editor who really got the book and understood it. And um, that was really lovely. And so, you know, I'm not, yeah. So I guess I've been sort of putting out odd books since then. And I do feel fortunate. I feel like my books are a little, they're odd, they're weird, they're a little dark and creepy. Um, really fascinating. Really yeah, fascinating. but I try and write about things at least like, questions that interest me you know my other career is I'm a psychologist and so I think I just have a lot of questions about how do we become who we are how do we change who we are because if any of those things were easy we you know I wouldn't have a job you know it would be it's not easy to you know it's easy to get stuck and to not know how we got in certain places and um you know I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions when I write I don't think I'm really coming up with answers, but I'm just exploring those questions um, that tend to interest me and then sort of finding and building characters around those questions. And sometimes they're really dark. I feel like, which is an interesting thing, I think sometimes in YA where not a lot of pressure, but there's a lot of sort of talk around you know, requiring hope and needing hope and affirmation. And like, I think all those things are beautiful and wonderful. Um, and then I also, but I guess I felt like when I was a teenager, I wanted like books that would sort of go to those dark places and that they would be honest with me because I would sort of feel like, well, the adults don't want me to know. Mm. You know, sometimes like you stand up for the right thing and it's terrible, like, you know, <laughs> or, you know, you, you take a stand and you just get like shut down and beat down and you wish that you had it. And and just kind of those things that that's just true in life, or sometimes the bullies win or whatever it may be, often they would do. <laughs> and so feeling like, 
why can't find truth in kind of these books that are for kids and wanting to kind of at least be honest in ways, not that I don't think hope and I be like, there is hope in my books, but wanting to also be honest because I think often, I don't know, like we, and I say this adult and the parent, like we're scared to be honest with our kids because yeah. some of those truths yeah. are really hard to tell them. Um, because it's a real bummer, but I also think for a lot of kids, they already know that life's not fair or that sometimes, you know, doing the right thing is not going to end well. Um, and those are discussions that, you know, I think it is important to be honest about. So yeah. I feel like those are a lot of the themes I kind of come back to and trying to walk that edge of like, I don't want to be bleak and hopeless, but also like yeah, going, trying to go to some dark places that I feel are honest, um, even if they're hard, hard truths. So, oh, well, there for everybody, but yeah, the, yeah, those those things are part of life, and I think that's what readers appreciate about it is uh, your work doesn't necessarily feel the need to answer all the questions. You don't feel the need to answer all the questions. And you mentioned that you have you don't have an MFA, and I was going to mention, but you have the psychology background, and so mm -hmm. I mean that has to has to dig into how to develop a character and how to develop people around these um, situations and questions that you ask. And, and just to name a couple of titles for folks who uh, may not be familiar, Complicit is, is one of the big titles that you have out. Um, Delicate Monsters, which is my favorite title and book of yours, I think. Uh, and We Weren't Looking to Be Found, which just mm -hmm. came out, I think that was last year. Um, mm -hmm. So those are a couple and you have some others as well. Yeah. Um, and was it Complicit that was, that was the Yaza book, is that right? It was, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, that was my second book, but yes. Yeah, it was on the Yaza list, yeah. Yeah, and so what you do in each of those is, you know, you craft young characters in this believable way and you bring out these questions and you bring out the story around those characters um, that's not glossed over. It's very true to life. Um, but, I, but I feel like there is there is a nice balance there, too. And thinking about the title Delicate Monsters, you know, there's beauty and hope and there's also um, those darker parts of ourselves, too. Yeah, that one was very dark. <laughs> I was actually rereading re part of it recently. I don't remember why. Um, I was like, oh, I forgot a lot of the things in that book. And I know that book in particular, I kind of had this question because it was, you know, I like playing with structure and form. Mm -hmm. My first two novels, they were like first person narrators which I think is very common in YA. And so this one was third person with three different characters and it's rotating their point of views throughout the chapters. But kind of having this question in my mind of like, okay, if you have three different characters and each one of them does something, I mean, essentially violent, you know, harm somebody else, but like one person does it because they're maybe impaired in some way or hurting in some way. One person does it because and they feel guilty about it, but they do it anyway. And then one person does it just because they want to. Like, does any of that matter, kind of maybe in a moral sense? Does it does does it matter? Like how we get where we are? Which I do think, you know, again, being a psychologist, and when we talk about like the whys of why we are, like, does it matter to look back and under I, I think it does, but um 
you know, not, you know, maybe the people who are harmed might not think that way, but, you know, they right. do have a yeah. different perspective because the impact on them is going to be the same. But, um, you know, again, just sort of wanting to explore this sort of shifting vantage points of like all of these people ending up in dark places, but for very different, some choosing to go there and some kind of ending up there by circumstance or by being, um, you know, feeling like they have no choice. So, yeah. Uh, the mixture of motivations and uh, really captures the the messiness of people as well in ways that, you know, stories sometimes don't. Um, so, so I appreciate that about your work. You mentioned a little bit earlier that you used to journal as part of your process. Is that still part of your process? I'm a big journaler, so just curious. Not really. I wish it were. And there have been times when I've gone back to it at different points in my life. Um, but right now it hasn't been so much. I wish it were. It is really there's something grounding about it, especially having it sort of as a practice that you commit to and doing it. Um, and in a way, writing has can become that for me. Um, because I, to me, it is, even if I'm writing about obviously other characters, I'm like exploring or trying to understand things that I don't feel like I do understand, which is often kind of what I get out of journaling as well. But um, no, I feel like I've been slacking and just busy of late so <laughs> well you did you had a book out last year um I mean it seems busy on the on the publishing side because and this is just the side that I see as someone that you know sees mm -hmm. the publications hitting you, you know what you're working yeah. on but um you had we weren't looking to be found mm -hmm. and now you have an entry in uh, a kind of an updated murder she wrote mm -hmm. series yes. and another one on the way um, yes, that'll be out this fall. October, yes. I think, is is what I saw a bit ago. Mm -hmm. um, so it sounds like you, you're keeping pretty busy. Yes, I am keeping busy, which is fun. I mean, I also have another job, you know, so there's a lot. And kids and <laughs> um, driving kids to sports activities. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, That's its own part-time job. Absolutely. It really, Speaking as a high school really teacher. Is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now there's only one in the house. So it's, but still a lot. He's in high school now. So it's, we just finished lacrosse. <laughs> um, it is a lot. So yeah, I just feel like I've been busy in a fun way. Um, because I really enjoy I really enjoy my job and I also really enjoy the writing and the murder she book, wrote books are just fun. Oh yeah. Books. Oh yeah. They're just <laughs> kind of pure fun. And so that's, that's nice Though we weren't looking to be found, which I wrote like through the beginning of the pandemic. That one was hard. It just was sort of like a sad, depressing oh, yeah. story during a sad, depressing time. So it was kind of fun to switch to the murder she wrote where it was just like, oh, anything goes and it's, you know, can wrap it up at the end. And, and carry on to the happier. next one. And carry on to have a new mystery. <laughs> so, yeah. those, those can be a lot of fun sometimes. And um, I mean, I used to work at a public library, so I would see people come in and check out those those kind of books in like stacks and droves. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that seems as though it's been updated in a really cool way 
as well, the the murder she wrote. So it's not just a straight sort of continuation because Angela Lansbury just passed away not too long oh, ago. No, but it's kind of a sad, refurbishing. Yeah. I know, yeah. A lot of the actors that I grew up with are um reaching their their milestones. Um yeah. but yeah, yeah, it sounds like that series sort of takes a different spin on it. And it is it is a lot of fun to read something that is a little more kind of neat and um, genre specific in that way. And I imagine it's a nice escape as a writer too. Yeah. You know, it's not going to get too deep, you know, I mean, it is, I mean, I think it's fun. I've had fun doing the characters and putting kind of a nice psychological twist on it. Um, mm-hmm. It was fun. I actually read in, and I'm going to blank on who the, who wrote the article, but it was an article well, I guess they were interviewing like or someone who had written for the show Murder, She Wrote, originally. And he had come, I think he, what did he write? He wrote um, The Maltese Falcon. I think he was a screenwriter. Oh, okay. But he was sort of saying like, I don't write like mysteries in the way that like these procedurals will sort of, you know, you have the mystery and your big moment and da, da, da. And his approach was, he's like, you know, I'll I'll have a, if I, if I'm writing a mystery, my approach is, you know, there'll be a murder, it'll get solved, but it's not the like clever like Agatha Christie twists and turns of like the mystery. It's just like I just want to get interesting characters in there and like yeah 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 we'll solve it at the end. But for me, the fun is just the mess. I was like oh, okay, like I like yeah. that approach. <laughs> it kind of feels like my approach rather than the methodical you know, how do you construct a mystery? Because mysteries are are tough is one thing <laughs> I've definitely yeah. learned. You know, if it's something that's happened and then you're trying to solve, you know, it just and setting clues. So I kind of like this, like, just make a mystery, just string it along, put a lot of interesting things in there. Have an answer, you should have to answer it, but don't just have fun with the characters and the setting and the scenario, so. Enjoy um, the, enjoy the journey and don't worry about the red herrings too much, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Cause that can get hard to really figure out. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I think they've up the, so, you know, obviously I was hired to do the updated and it's uh, uh, Jessica Fletcher's like great, great grandniece is yeah. the character. So she's a teenager. So you kind of get the YA. Um, but I've really enjoyed like, some of the interesting like either TV shows or books where they've updated different older like properties. Um, <laughs> I really loved the Bates Motel TV series. When it was oh yeah. On. Yeah. That was well done. Yeah. Yeah. I was sort of like, okay, so it's modern day, but like Norman Bates is a teenager. I don't know. I was like, I didn't understand it at first. And then I was like, Oh no, no, this is really working. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. really enjoyed it, um, and and nicely crafted too. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was dark. That was very dark. <laughs> so you have your your Beatrice Flesher now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, so you can you can bring the psychological crafting, the YA knowledge, and all of that to to bring these mysteries to life as well. Yeah, but you know they kind of have to be. You know they kind of keep they keep going. They're fast paced, and a lot of things have to happen, which is fun, um, you know, as opposed to sort of really cerebral books or ones where it's a lot of interior thoughts. And you mentioned um, We Weren't Looking to Be Found was more of a like processing during the pandemic. Kind of yeah. 
It was so it, gloomy to write it. <laughs> it was it was a gloomy time, a gloomy time. And you were talking about um, some of the structural sort of approaches that you take. Um, so that one is first person. And first have, person, yeah, with two new two narrators, yep, right? Do, yep, yeah. do the dual narrator. So that lets yeah. you get into a couple of different heads. Mm-hmm. Which was fun. I mean, so there's always a challenge of, you know, how do you have two distinct voices when you're they're both first person, right? You don't want them to sound the same. And do you want, you know, their language and their way that they think about things and process to be very different? And so I, you know, to like really ground myself in who these two girls are and their point of view and how it's different. Um but I like that. That those kind of challenges are fun for me to like, like voice. I have a construct voice and how they would speak or think or react to different situations. So they were very different. So that kind of made it easy in that sense. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the product worked well. I think that was um, that was the first book of yours that I read. I think, and then I just mm. kind of went back through and discovered others um, as I was sort of exploring. But, um, and that was your first for Disney Hyperion. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Which they were really lovely to work with. And, um, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a tough book to write. I think just because of the time or it's somehow in my head really associated with such like a like upsetting time, you know, that yeah. like that narrative is not, I mean, like, it's not in the book at all, the pandemic, um, which was sort of a nice escape to not have to like, think about that, um, which is now, right? Like the conflict of writing now, like, oh, how do you integrate that into a story? But um, just feeling, you know, it's sort of a story of girls who are struggling and, uncertain and a bit hopeless about the future while sort of feeling that way was just a sort of a gloomy, gloomy process. I don't know if it's, I mean, somewhat a gloomy book, but I, you know, it was sort of meant to also celebrate and honor like connection and friendship and vulnerability and. um, All those things we were missing so much during the time. Yes. So (laughs) that they found it (laughs) by being locked together. So, Yeah. I appreciate the the layers, the psychology that you bring to your work and the way you dig into characters. Any um, upcoming events, titles, any, anything that you'd like to promo, share about? I know I mentioned you have another Murder, She Wrote entry in October. Yeah, that'll be out in October. And then um, well, the paperback for We Weren't Looking to Be Found, I believe, is out in September. Um so that will be coming. Um, that's it for now. I'm, you know, working on some other things, but very slowly. I'm hoping to have more time in the summer to. I work at a school, so you know, once that's finished, um, yes. have more time yeah. to write in the summer. <laughs> Hence, we and, are both meeting on a Sunday because we both right. <laughs> work in schools. Yeah. <laughs> yes, at last tomorrow, um, and hoping to finish a project I've actually been working you know it was sort of working on this book and then put it aside to work on the murder she wrote project and 
then I can keep picking it up and then having to put it away. I really want to finish it though. It's like, I feel like I'm close, but um, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, which is, uh, that's something I've definitely learned is how to pick up projects and put them down. Like it used to be like, I could only think about one thing at a time and I need to complete it, but just with publishing and different demands, that's not really possible and having to learn how to, you know, switch between different projects and be adaptable in that way. The balancing oh, act. Yeah, I have to learn the skill or sort of that idea. Because I kind of feel like, I guess in sports, where people talk about like flow, like you have to be like in this great mindset. You don't have to be, but like that's this ideal state of mind. And I think there can be a similar state for any kind of like performance or creation that happens, whatever it is. I mean, I'm very much into like art is sport and sport is art, but, uh, and so sometimes it's just this inspiration of like, I'm sitting down the right and it's just like, I got it all. I'm in the zone. It's like flowing out. And sometimes it's a grind and just sort of realizing like most of the time it's going to be a grind. <laughs> and that's just, you know, when it's not, you cherish it, but um, uh, the rest is just like, yeah, commitment and hard work and sitting down and doing it. So I got to get back in it. Putting the nouns and the verbs together. The nouns and the mm -hmm. verbs. <laughs> yeah, not too many adverbs. That's what my father, my father was an editor, so I didn't tell me that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I've learned that as well. And not too many varies, not too many intensifiers. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. My father was an editor for a newspaper. So they have to be very, you know, it was like a print newspaper. And so they have such limited character space. And so like even their, you know, their style book is more limited than like most style books because they're being so economical. So when he would like take a red pen, he just like anything that was redundant or you could have said it this way. <laughs> that so simplifies it and you're like it was so pretty it's like no just say what you mean so i sort of taken that to heart like okay yeah just say what you mean <laughs> yeah makes sense well um thank you for spending some time on words images oh, yeah, and worlds always a pleasure to share about your work always a pleasure to read your work and looking forward to those pieces that are coming out the books to come as well and i'll make sure to link your website in the description of the episode anything that we've missed that you want to make sure to shout out before we conclude the episode no i don't think so just thank you so much for having me and for teaching high school kids since i have my third in high school now and boy it is a tough job so i appreciate my it pleasure. also my kids my had read i don't know he's had so much fun reading this i mean i don't know they're doing like to kill a mockingbird and house on mango street and He's just had so much fun. So I just really appreciate all the work that high school English teachers do. So. It's it's a joy with its own challenges. And I taught Mango Street just uh, about a month or two ago. So, oh, um, yeah. And a, a joy to share your work as well in those spaces. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's lovely to talk to you. Absolutely. Well, hope everyone out there checks out We Weren't Looking to Be Found, Delicate Monsters, Complicit, and more. And check out Stephanie Kuhn's wonderful, thoughtful, and even psychological, even psychological work. Right. <laughs> Thank you.